Gens assemble. Welcome to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is my co-host, Andrew TD King Rob. But tonight we have a very special guest. We have Michael Florio of the NFL Network. Hello, Andrew, and welcome, Michael. How are we doing, guys? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be on. Thank you guys for having me. Man, you know I'm always doing good when we get to talk some football. So uh, let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, appreciate you coming on. Uh, you are a, uh, a big hero of mine, fantasy football hero, if, if you haven't checked the, uh, the the Twitter machines. I've been following you since your uh, your time at FNTSY. Uh, definitely wow. one of the uh, hosts that, you know, inspired me to, you know, kind of get into this space. So I, uh, you know, tip of the cap to that. Thank you, sir. Uh, how, how have you enjoyed your transition to the, uh, to the big lights of uh, the NFL Network? Well, first off, thank you so much. Like, that... Uh, I, I always like when people say they're fans of my work and stuff, but that when people say like I've been listening since before the NFL Network, um, <laughs> that that means a whole lot. So thank you and, and happy to I also love when people say like, oh, seeing you do it made me want to do it or something like mm -hmm. that, because that's how it happened for me. Like I uh, I remember the moment when I got into my friend's car and heard SiriusXM and was like, wait, people talk about fantasy sports for a living? Right. Uh, and ever since then, I was like, that's what I want to do. Um, the adjustment, it, it's gone it's gone well, I think. Um, some people, definitely a lot more negative comments and stuff on Twitter. But besides that, uh, all is well. And I'm, I'm super blessed and, and grateful and, and appreciative to get the opportunity to even to do this. So uh, happy to, to do it and happy to, to come on and, and talk with you guys. And uh, I just love talking about football and fantasy. So it's always a good time. Yep, it makes the job very easy. I'm certain. I'm certain. So again, very, uh, very grateful to have you here. Appreciate it. Uh, let's dive into the conversation here. We're going to be talking about must-own players this year in fantasy, whether it's based on ADP, their role, their situation. Maybe things are looking very good for them on a you know a public perspective. Uh, we are going to touch on a quick word from our sponsor, though. We'll be right back after this. We're going to dive into must-own players for 2023. Uh, the Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com. Or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Colby over on youtube.com backslash sports gambling podcast. And make sure to fill out our listener survey for a chance to win a $100 SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash survey. All right. We're here. We're ready to dive into some must-own players for 2023. Michael, what is the first player that you're looking at here in this type of category? Like someone that you're drafting, you know, that's not going to change any sort for you if they bring in another guy in the draft. 
make another move in the offseason. What's one of these type of players? Uh, Jamison Williams. He okay. He's the one that I'm putting my my stamp on all for. I, I already tweeted. I said uh, it, it, he's going to be the player this year that if anyone gives me the opportunity to talk or write about him or something like that, um, that's going to be the one that I take because I truly believe that this kid uh, is, is going. He is so dynamic. He is such a field stretcher. And last year was just a, a cup of coffee for him. Like they were just warming him up after that ACL injury. So, uh, and and he showed that he could play in the NFL level at a high level and be that explosive. And he. Next Gen Stats has this prospect tool that I love that takes their college production, uh, their strength of the strength of schedule, and their athletic pro, uh, testing, and gives them an overall prospect score. And mm -hmm. he graded higher last year than Garrett Wilson, than Chris Olave, than everyone. And it wasn't even all that close. So mm -hmm. I think he would have been the first receiver off the board had he not torn his ACL. Uh, I, I think that him and Amon Ross St. Brown are going to be an amazing duo. And to be honest, I, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. You have to pay full price to get him. Right now in early drafts, you're getting Jameson Williams outside the top 30, just barely, but outside the top 30 wide receivers. I'd pull him up 10 spots easily. In fact, I oh, took wow. him 38th overall uh, with the second pick of the fourth round in a best ball draft I'm doing. And nice. I tweeted, I was like, that feels like a reach. Now, I don't think it will come, come August. Right. And you got to diversify, right? Like you have to do some unique things to make sure that you're getting, you know, a good squad put together in best ball. Me and Andrew do uh, a ton of drafts, you know, at least <laughs> this past few months here. Uh, the big board about to be about 100% full. We've got a big draft uh, going on tomorrow night. I haven't grabbed too many shares of Jamison Williams. I think Andrew may have a little bit more. What are your thoughts on him this year, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with Michael. I mean, uh, he, he's great. I had him last year a, a ton. I drafted him at the very end of drafts last year, had a lot of them before, you know, I was just hoping that he would come back a little sooner and that they would integrate him into the offense a little quicker. Uh, you know, obviously that didn't happen, but uh, I agree 100%. He's somebody I'm targeting in the middle rounds. Uh, I mean, he, he's going to be a best ball God, essentially. Like he's a, he's a guy that's going to do very well in best ball. Cause you're, you don't have to figure out which weeks you need to put him into the lineup. Uh, I, I do think redraft would be a little hard to start out just to figuring when uh you know to play him but i mean the, the lions got themselves a great playmaker and if jared goff mm -hmm. can get the ball downfield to him i mean he's going to be lights out awesome at where he's going right now yeah that'd be my only concern is just jared goff in that mix uh, i think that we have a bit of a, a bit of a better uh, knot of conviction from him after this past season he was able to make a Ra, you know relevant and we've seen those big you know shots downfield he takes with like those you know subpar receivers will say the Khalif Raymond's uh Josh Reynolds right so you know I think that the wheels could be very much up for for Jamison Williams this upcoming season and he does have a favorable ADP so no uh no argument for me Andrew who is your first must own player for this upcoming season oh uh, this is a guy that you can get pretty late in drafts right now and that is Isaiah Hodgins uh, mm -hmm. the, the giants made it a priority to make sure that they re-signed him. Uh, it was like the very first thing they did, uh, you know, in, in this off season and the giants attempted 520 attempts last year. Uh, Hodgins only played in eight games, started in five. Those were all at the end of the year. Uh, he had 42 targets, 33 receptions for 351 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, he had a 78.6 catch percentage rating. So, I mean, he's just the guy that I think is going to get a lot of volume in this offense because, the Giants already spent a bunch of money uh, on their wide receiver room, and it, it didn't work out. I mean, they, they let Richie James go. Kenny Galladay was a disaster. So, I mean, he he kind of seems like the best target uh, outside of Waller now for them. And mm -hmm. I, I just really believe that he has the most sure hands 
on the team. And I, I just really think that Daniel Jones and him found something at the end of the year. And he's going super late in drafts. I mean, he's, you know, going after round 10. And I mean, it's it's just an easy no-brainer for me. And he's honestly one of my most exposed uh, wide receivers in best ball right now. Yeah, yeah, same. I have no argument for Isaiah Hodgins as well. That receiver room has clogged up a little bit uh, as well. They've made some other signings. Paris Campbell, they brought back Sterling Shepard, also added Darren Waller. What are your thoughts on Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Florio? Where, where, do you, where do you think the, he's going to finish this year? Do, do you think he can you know, maybe fit into the back end of wide receiver two territory? Is that too rich? That that's too rich for my blood. I'm not saying it can't happen. Um, I I do anticipate Darren Waller leading the way heavily in, in targets and mm. target share there this year. And then after that, I think it could be like I, Hodgins is my favorite of their receivers right now. But I think it could be a situation where each week we're seeing someone different step up for this because it kind of was that mm. way last year until late in the season. I think Paris Campbell is an upgrade over Richie James uh, and. I don't know what they're doing building all uh, an all slot receiver uh, <laughs> offense. That confuses me a lot, but I, I right. do anticipate that this offense and this passing game can take the next step forward. And if that happens, mm. it's only good things for for Hodgins. Yeah, Hodgins is one of my top five uh, most exposed wide receivers right now as well, and it's really just based off of that late round value. He's going, you know, in the double digits, you know, in, in fantasy for uh, for best ball drafts on underdog. That late round type of availability I really like, but I, I tend to agree with you as well, Florio. There may not be a rhyme or reason to who's getting the touches there, which segs away me to your next pick, who I do have down is Darren Waller. Talk to us <laughs> yeah, about I, Darren Waller. I, I'm in on Darren Waller, and and when he from the moment the Giants uh, traded for him, I was like, this guy's a top five tight end again for me. And I, I will admit, I've been bullish on Darren Waller for years now. I, I think that he is mm-hmm. one of the premier talents. I mean, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here, but I think he's one of the top three or four tight end talents in the game. Um, mm-hmm. But now he's going to a place where last season he was fighting for targets because as good as he is as a tight end, Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in football. So he was going to get his 30% target share each and every week. And then Waller was there fighting with Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs and others. And we saw his targets go down dramatically. And they were using him to make up for it more downfield than usual. And he was able to succeed in that role. But I don't think it's his specialty. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is the best fit for him. Uh, but what he did do last year, despite missing time, on a per-game basis, he was still a, t- a top 10 tight end, despite the, the decrease in volume. And on a per-route basis, he was still one of the very best in the game. So I think going to a place now where he could see 120 targets this year, I think he's a lock if he stays healthy to lead the Giants in targets and I would say maybe by a wide margin. Uh and if that's mm-hmm. getting volume like that each week is enough to make you a top 5 tight end in in our landscape right now, but with his uh athletic testing and everything that he can do on top of it, I I think it it's a to me at least it, it locks him in as a top 5. Now, not saying top two or three. I've seen some people say mm-hmm. that. I don't know if I'm ready to put him that high again just yet, but certainly in my top five. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to be a good value at his ADP. You can have that potential as a top five tight end, and you don't have to necessarily pay that premium price in your draft. So definitely someone that I, I like at his value. Someone that I really love at a higher value at tight end is TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I'm drafting him everywhere I can get. I've seen him go off the board as early as tight end two, as late as tight end five or six. I'm grabbing him everywhere I can. He averaged about 8.6 targets per game with the Vikings last season. That would have put him on pace for nearly 150 targets throughout the year. I'm expecting big things from him in 2023. 
They have yet to make a move, the Vikings, that is, uh, make a big move for a receiver or another playmaker. Even if they were to draft another receiver, I would still feel very, very good about TJ Hawkinson in an offense that I believe will continue to be passing the ball a lot. There should be some good volume for him and Justin Jefferson to both coexist. You've already seen Adam Thielen leave. I think we should be very excited. Are there any names, you guys, uh, just throw this to both of you, that if they did come into you know, Minnesota that you would be a little bit more concerned? I think DeAndre Hopkins is maybe some low-hanging fruit to, f- to fit that criteria. Are there any other receivers that would really push you off of uh, Hawkinson or maybe pull him down your rankings a little bit? Um, for, for me, Jackson Smith and Najiba, maybe. Um, okay. Because he operates so well in the slot and and is mm-hmm. such a yak machine in his own way that I I think he could come in there. But and actually that was my dream fit for him because I just think a young core of him and Justin Jefferson would be so much oh, fun yeah. for years to come. Uh, but they have a lot of needs. So if they don't grab him, I I don't I really don't think they're going to be the team that gets DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think Odell Beckham's going to end up there. So no, I I think T.J. Hawkinson is really safe and. I agree with you. I, I, I think it's him or Mark Andrews right now to be the tight end, too, uh, mm-hmm. for me. So I, I'm with you. I like TJ Hawkinson a good amount. What do you think, Andrew? <sighs> no, man, I, I really don't have anything to, to input there. I mean, it, it would be a rookie. Uh, you know, one of the top ones might pull Hawkinson down a little bit. But honestly, like what he did as soon as he got there last year and their willingness to throw him the ball as many times as they did, that really showed mm-hmm. me that they want him to be the guy. And uh, so I, I honestly think he'll be behind Jefferson for for target share this year, really depending what rookie goes there. But I mean, I, I don't think there's too many of them that'll really pull him down. Mm-hmm. I could see, you know, if Lamar Jackson steadies back with Baltimore, if he doesn't wind up going anywhere, I could see that Mark Andrews love maybe, you know, average itself back out. But right now I have Hawkinson at my number two tight end. Uh, I feel very comfortable taking him over Mark Andrews, George Kittle. I just feel that that passing offense is just too much to pass up uh, for a tight end like Hawkinson. And Hawkinson as well. He had a career year, career year last year. He had seven receiving touchdowns. I could see him going up uh, on top of that. I could see him getting eight or nine this year. Because, again, who's going to catch the ball in the red zone there? You're, you're uh, you know, missing Adam Thielen. you got Dalvin Cook, who's coming back. Uh, he's got to get his shoulder cleaned up this offseason. So I, I like his uh, his prospects for this upcoming year for sure. Uh, let's hit another quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more uh, must-draft players in 2023. Uh, WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During the WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here, so there are so many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. It's limited to state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world, you can win a three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas and hang out with the guys to watch the Masters. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP 
15. The Final Four watch party is going virtual. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday of Final Four action. Live bets, prize giveaways, and much more. Subscribe to youtube.com slash podcast and tune in on Saturday. All right, right on. And we are back talking about our must-draft players in fantasy this upcoming season. Andrew, who is next on your list? Next for me is uh, Brian Robinson. Uh, again, this is a guy that's going really late. He's like one of the very last starting running backs, uh, being drafted off the board right now. Uh, the commanders are uh, a run heavy team. Obviously I'm I'm a fan. So I watch every single game. Uh, they had 538 attempts last year. Uh, Brian Robinson, after being shot, unfortunately missed some time. So he started nine games, played in 12. He had 205 attempts, 797 rushing yards two touchdowns, and he added one more through the air for an additional 60 yards. Uh, it's just, it, it's all about where he's going and the the lack of who they're going to add, uh, you know, at, at running back. I don't think they're really going to do much. Uh, they have Antonio Gibson. Uh, Brian Robinson's clearly the lead guy. He fell in favor with all the coaching staff. Uh, Eric Bieniemy has already, uh, you know, said that he, he wants to use Brian Robinson. So uh, if they can just allow him to be the guy, not add anything additional, uh, you know, let him do what he did last year and give him the same amount of attempts. I mean, it, for where he's going, I mean, he's going to finish probably, I would say, closer to the back end or middle, uh, you know, RB2 range. Uh, it, again, the commanders want to run the ball. They were about split on uh, pass attempts versus run attempts. So they want to run the ball. Uh, he's going really late in drafts, and I feel like this is a guy that, again, as long as they don't add anybody, uh, you know, he, he could really be a good zero RB target or hero RB target, you know, somebody that you're just, he's your second or first RB uh, you know, for yourself. And I, I just, I think that he has everything in that you need to be a lead running back. And uh, I, I expect the commanders to be uh, a lot better on offense and run more plays this year than they did last year. And that'll just help his cause, you know, where he's going. Yeah, I, I totally agree 100%. I have a fair amount of both Brian uh, Robinson and Antonio Gibson on uh, on my best ball shares and underdog. I am a little concerned about the quarterback play there. Florio, what do you think about Sam Howell? Like, do you think that this passing offense could deter the running game potentially? You know, we wind up actually paying for these late round choices in Gibson and Robinson. It, at, at where they're going right now, it would have to be pretty, pretty arrived for them to, to be like a terrible pick. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm in the camp that I think Jacoby Brissett should be the starter. Like, Jacoby Brissett okay. last year played extremely not extremely well but he played very well given given the circumstances he is not the reason for what happened with the Browns season in fact mm-hmm. he outperformed Deshaun Watson and I would say he performed at a slightly above league average uh um level but I, I want I, I think he's the best case for Terry McLaurin that's a big reason why I want him to start Sam Howell was a prospect that I was very intrigued with and uh, for fantasy, mm. I think he could be a value because of what he can give you with his legs low-key. Like I, I feel like he doesn't get uh, the, the rushing bump that a lot of quarterbacks get, even though he, he is going to run the football plenty. Um, but typically, that tends to lead to less dump-offs to the running backs, and that's already my concern with Brian Robinson, is how much is he mm. going to be utilized in the passing game. So right now, at cost, I think it's fine to get either one of them, but if they start creeping up the board... And if the if, if Washington doesn't get another running back, because I think that is a big concern right now, I think mm-hmm. they will climb up the board. And if that happens, then it starts to become more and more of a concern. But right now, I, I think it's okay to take them where they're going. 
Yeah, I, I love their ADPs right now. I've done quite a few drafts where I've gone zero RB and I've landed both of them. I did a similar one last night where I went hero RB. I wound up taking Eckler, uh, but I didn't take another RB until uh, Khalil Herbert and Donta Foreman you know, stack. So I, def I definitely like that type of approach, you know, especially in these drafts where we're just not seeing the, the running backs really being prioritized. And that's just something I want to ask you guys, too, is because, I, you know, I put all of our lists together before the show got two running backs like we, we don't like running backs this year it looks like like rest in peace robust rb are we seeing a change in the tide here florio like is, is this going to be you know how we're drafting going forward like who needs a running back when we have running backs available to us in rounds 12 13 15 plus i i think so and i i think until Two things either have to happen. One, we need to go back in time to how it used to be, where the, and that's never going to happen. Uh, so I think the right. other thing needs to be that it becomes so diluted where there's like 10 guys who are going to give you close to 250 touches. And like then those guys will all be first-round picks. Uh, and, right. and that I, I think it'll be an extreme one way or the other. But uh, right now, I think we are very much so seeing a, a changing of the guard. And uh, I do keep saying, though, I think after the draft, we will see some running backs return. Like right now, Dalvin Cook is going pretty late, and he continues to fall. And I think it's because his future right now is so uncertain with the Vikings. But like, mm -hmm. if he's still there after the draft and after June 1st, I think we'll start seeing his ADP go up. And I just think more and more running backs is because right now, there, there's so much unknown because of, of the draft. It, it's there's Bijan and then there's a fall off, but then there's still like a lot of secondary options there that could shake up backfield. Mm -hmm. So while I think we will see some running backs climb back up, I'm anticipating at least half, if not likely more than the first round picks all being pass catchers and not running backs. Well, hopefully they come back up so I can start getting some receivers at value again. <laughs> you know? I just feel like, you know, I get to like round eight or like round nine. I'm just like, well, Cortland Sutton's here. I guess I have to like, you know, this, if this is the strategy that I'm running with. Like, eh, let's 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 go all in, you know. <laughs> all right, let's get back to it here. Uh, Florio, what is your next must draft player this upcoming season? Uh, I believe it's Kadarius Tony, and um, okay. if you want, if we're you both very say, interested in this one. We yes, yeah. I texted him immediately. It was like, okay, I see who he wants to talk about. I need to know what his thought process is on Tony here. So I was yeah, we're, say, we're very intrigued. If you want to save some time, you could just go back and listen to any show I did at all last summer because uh, <laughs> people are probably sick of hearing me talk about Kadarius Tony. But I thought he was a huge breakout candidate last year, uh, and. Mm -hmm. It's what he did. His rookie year was what he did on a per route basis. Um, he didn't see the field a whole lot, but he dropped 188 yards on a game that he got ejected against the Cowboys' number one defense that season. Uh, and yep. I understand Trayvon Diggs isn't a shutdown corner, but for a rookie to do that, like the rookies who have done that, unless you think he goes the way of Keelan Cole, they've all gone on to have that many yards in a game as a rookie. They've all gone on to do big things and be pro bowlers and. Mm -hmm. um, then he gets last season was a lost year. Like when he was on the field, he was super effective on per touch, per route, whatever. Uh, but he just couldn't stay on the field. And I understand that is will be and always will be a concern for Kadarius Tony. But when he is out there, he could be used in the slot. He could be used out wide. He could win downfield. He could win quickly. He could throw the ball. He could be used as a gadget player in the running game. Like there's nothing he can't do when he's out on the football field. And now he has the most creative play caller and the mm, best quarterback sure. in the game. Uh, and it's a full season. Like he came there in the middle of the year and they and then he was hurt and he kept missing time. Now they have a full offseason to just design plays for this guy. So I'm mm. super curious as to how they're going to use him. And the thing about the injuries are 
one, I always say football is a violent game and everyone is injury prone. Uh, but I understand that Kadarius Tony is a, a higher risk than others. But you're getting that kind of baked into his ADP, I think. When is the last time, and I'm going to say this, the Chiefs wide receiver one wasn't a top 40 wide receiver in ADP. And no, you could true. say he's not the wide receiver one, and I, I, I get it. But Andy Reid has come out and said Kadarius Tony is going to be our wide receiver one. Uh, the draft could change things a little bit. But as of right now, I, I see he's going even cheaper than last year despite being in a better offense with a better quarterback, and I still think he's everything mm. that I thought he was a year ago. So I picked him and Kyle Pitts for kind of for fun because everyone was so sick of me talking about them last season. <laughs> but I'm not going away, and I am not quitting, and I will be here That's, drafting these guys again. I love it. I absolutely love it. Last year, that guy was Elijah Mitchell for me. So, you know, and I had to stand down. I had to, you know, I had to, had, to, had to take my knee, but I get it, and I, and I, and I appreciate that. What do you got, Andrew? So, so, uh, you know, let me ask you here. So currently right now, again, I, I just did a draft two, uh, two days ago on underdog. Uh, Kadarius Stoney went 66th overall, so that's the sixth round. Sky Moore went 122nd overall, which is the 11th round. So at their current cost, you definitely still prefer Tony. Yeah, I think Tony is the far superior player. I think Sky Moore could be, like, he's like Nico Hardman, kind of. Whereas I think Kadarius... Mm -hmm. This sounds so... I, I don't want this to come off as me trying to build him up too much. But when I watch Kadarius Tony play, I'm like, you know who the only other human I've seen have that much speed and athleticism and twitch? It's Tyreek Hill. So, like, I, I'm not saying he can be Tyreek Hill. But with Andy Reid and Mahomes, I think they view him and they're like, if he can do half the stuff that we used to do with Tyreek Hill, and if he could do half right. of that, he could still be a 1,000-yard receiver, in my opinion. Yeah. No, the, the room is super thin for a receiver with Juju leaving. So I expect them to add somebody in the draft. But, you know, if that player, you know, isn't a top, you know, level receiver, you know, because what they're picking at the end of the first round, maybe they could get like a Jordan Addison in there. If, if he falls, I've had him go falling to the Ravens at 22. So it's really not that far fetched for them to land somebody like in that top five receiver discussion. So that'll definitely be a big factor for me. Um, go ahead. If they trade for DeAndre Hopkins, I take everything I just said back. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're not going to hold you against that. We're not going to hold that against you, brother. That's, that's for certain. That's for certain. Uh, before we finish out with our final three must draft players, Andrew, I know you had a quick word uh, to touch on for Underdog. Yeah. So as we talk about best ball, obviously we are uh, you know brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Uh, Underdog Fantasy continues their March Madness college pick'em. It's a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted, like a majority of us unfortunately have been. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props and great NBA and NHL daily games. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, and we're back. We're talking must-own players in 2023 in fantasy football. I am up here, and I'm going with another tight end. I'm going with a little bit more friendly of an ADP in Dalton Schultz, now with the Houston Texans. I do believe that the Texans will most likely add a receiver you know, in the draft, but I feel like Dalton Schultz will still finish either first or second on this team in total targets. He should be a nice crutch to a rookie quarterback. Maybe it's Bryce Young. Maybe it's Anthony Richardson, Will Levis doesn't really matter to me because he typically has a very low A dot. He should be, you know, going anywhere from about, you know, six to eight yards catching the ball and taking it for another three to four with a very low, you know, yak rate. I think that he has that nice tight end wide receiver type of hybrid built into his game. You're getting him at, I believe, tight end 
11. He's my tight end eight right now for you know very early redraft, best ball type of rankings. I feel like he can get over 115 targets on this on this offense. What do you guys think about Dalton Schultz this year? I, you have him at tight end eight? I have him at tight end eight. I was going to say, I think he goes right after the top eight tight ends. So there's one that we so disagree on, but I, I think we're right in the same range. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I like Dalton Schultz. Um, I, I'm, I like the scheme for Houston. Uh, I, I do obviously want to know who the quarterback's going to be. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of times, depending on who the quarterback's going to be, they do tend to lean on the tight end a little bit, which works in his favor. But new tight end in a new scheme with a new team, new coach, there's a lot of unknowns. So there's other guys like Ninjoku kind of goes right around him. I'd much rather have Ninjoku over Schultz personally. Uh, so there's other okay. guys. He's outside my top 10. I I'm probably not going to draft a whole lot of Schultz. Um, and maybe it's because he was an ex-cowboy and, you know, don't like the cowgirls, but uh, I just I, I think it's a good makeup for him. But I, I really worry about where he's going to fit into the scheme with this. Uh, I feel like they want to run mm. the ball a whole lot here. Obviously, it is a Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, branch limb here that that is uh, coaching the Texans. So I, I think they want to run the ball a whole lot, uh, and I'm I'm worried that they're going to use him a little bit more in the blocking as opposed to the passing offense. So it's it's unknown for me. He's outside my top 10, but I think it's an okay play for for what you're doing. Um, you know, especially mm -hmm. in best ball drafts, if you want to go ahead and pair him, uh, you know, again, I think it's a good connection with a rookie QB and a tight end. I just, I fear, you know, that he's going to get lost in the mix a little bit because I do expect them to not really have anybody dominate targets. So it's kind of going to be split out between everything. And I don't think Schultz sees, uh, a, you know, 100 targets in this offense. Um so, yeah, I think it's okay, but I, I'm going to probably shy away from him. Yeah, for me, it's just really this underwhelming cast of receivers. They added Robert Woods. They added Noah Brown. They have Nico Collins coming back, who I like, but I just don't feel like he's a, a ball dominator. He's not going to get seven to eight targets every game, and I feel Dalton Schultz can be that that guy. Like I feel like he can easily have you know fifty or sixty receiving yards. It's nothing crazy, but he has it on the back of like four to five catches on seven or eight targets. I'm not expecting a quarterback to come in there and, you know, blow the brakes off the passing game either. So I feel like he's just going to get that, you know, check down type of consideration in the offense, you know, with a lesser, you know, offensive line, a run game that they'll probably lean into often. Like you had mentioned, I do think that they go out and draft somebody. And this is also another key place where I could see them adding a receiver. So that'll be factored in as well. But I just feel like his experience, like I said, his type of hybrid usage of being kind of a slot receiver and tight end. I feel like that's going to re really pull vault him to the, the top of the priority in the offense. All right, Florio, who is your next guy up here? I kind of gave it away uh, a little while ago, but it's uh, <laughs> it's Kyle Pitts, the man that I once yep. ripped a shirt off to reveal a Kyle Pitts shirt on national TV. Um, <laughs> I like it. I, I, I like love it. Kyle Pitts, and I last year was not Kyle Pitts' fault. Let's just get that out of the way. 60% uh, of his targets, the highest rate in the NFL last season, were deemed uncatchable. That means you could have Randy Moss, Jerry Rice. It doesn't matter. 60% of those targets, no one was going to catch. My favorite one that uh, me and Patrick Claybon at work always laugh at is there's one where they show, like, the camera showed Pitts trying to track a ball, and then the other camera angle shows it's, like, five yards out of bounds, and it's just like, <laughs> what is he supposed to do here? Um... So I, I think Marcus Mariota, because outside of Zach Wilson, Mariota had the highest rate of uncatchable passes last year. So mm. I think he was a really big disservice for uh, for Kyle Pitts. In fact, 
I think Arthur Smith was as well, and, and the way that he was used. Like, when he got hurt, he was by far leading the position in targets of 20-plus air yards. He had one mm-hmm. catch on those because Marcus Mariota was the worst deep ball thrower in football as well last year. Like, any way you want to look at it, it was bad quarterback play that held Kyle Pitts back. And then, unfortunately for him, he was injured when uh, when they made the switch to Desmond Ritter, so we never really got to mm-hmm. see what those two could be together. But I think uh, any any new quarterback is an upgrade from what Mariota was giving them last year. I think Ritter can certainly be better. Um, I, I would love it if they went out and got like a Lamar or something like that, because then I think Kyle Pitts yes. can too automatically. But Andrew's um, been banging that drum for a while. God, that would be <laughs> so fun to watch. Oh my I, god. I tweeted, I was like, if you think Kyle Pitts could be Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson, I think he could be even better. Because I, I truly believe right now in the NFL, the only tight end talent that I would 100% say is better than Kyle Pitts is Travis Kelsey. I, I think Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. is that talented. And and if you liked Kyle Pitts coming into last season, I think you should like Kyle Pitts again. Everything that we were saying about his rookie year and him being a generational talent, all of that is true. Uh, I'm a little bit scared of the John U. Smith acquisition because he's not a good blocker. But what I'm hoping is that mm-hmm. they just use Pitts more as a receiver uh, than anything this season. But I, I know right now his ADP is, is tight end five. But if we're being honest, most of the people drafting right now are us lunatics. Like the yeah. average player isn't drafting right now. And the average player, when I tweet positive stuff about Kyle Pitts, they're like, enough with Kyle Pitts. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> he was terrible last year. The couple of good games he had, he happened on my bench. All of this. So I actually think my original thinking was I thought Pitts' ADP would start out lower than it is now and climb. But I think mm. I was I had it inverted. I think it's going to start out at its peak and just keep dipping as more and more people who don't do this year round and watch all like Kyle right. Pitts' college film and stuff like that. I think they're going to be like, I don't want this guy. I'd rather have Darren Waller. I'd rather have Dallas Goddard. And if his ADP drops a little bit, it only creates more of a buying opportunity. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not quitting my guys from last year, Kadarius, Tony, and Kyle Pitts. It didn't work out, but I will gladly be drafting them again. Yes, by the dip, percent he, He's one of the guys that I, I've noticed in drafts, as especially recently. He'll go anywhere from round five to round seven. It's like no rhyme or reason to it. Anytime he drops to round seven, I am just rock hard to go draft him immediately. Like that's a <laughs> that's such a dip, right? Like so, yeah. It's just funny to watch like some of these ADPs. But I think you're right. Like as the as the uh, average player gets in, it's going to drop a little bit more. So just keep buying the dip. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like Dogecoin. <laughs> that's right are you are is that still dipping or are still people still doing that and elon we trust <laughs> I, I have no idea <laughs> yeah. i uh i had i had a fair share of dogecoin there for a minute like it got up to like uh like a couple of thousand was and i was just like wow yeah like this is it like i'm gonna be fine like the rest of my life is gonna be great and then it came back down to like five or six hundred bucks. And I was just like, all right, give me that money. I'm, I'm going to use that for something. <laughs> I still regret not selling when it was worth 75 cents. Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, uh. was, that was when I was like booming. Like I had I had bought like, I don't know, like 50 bucks or something. It was like less than like, you know, pennies or something. It was like something stupid. And, and then it like blew up. I was like, oh, shit, this is like, I'm going to be awesome. Like, this is great. I can quit my job in a couple of months. Like, this is going to be great. And then <laughs> forget fantasy. I'm going to start buying. <laughs> yeah, those coins like, that's right. Way. <laughs> no, no, I was I was ready to retire on fantasy. I'm like, I got Doge backing me up. It's gonna be fine, guys. Like my life is set. And then, yeah, man, Elon, what happened, brother? Come on now. <laughs> All right, Andrew, what is your uh, your next player up here? So, so are you not talking about DJ? I will. 
Okay, I'm going to close him down. With I, my, I just want to make sure we, we don't forget him because that's definitely somebody I I really like. But um, happen. <laughs> my last guy is uh, is James Cook, and again, this is all caveated by them not adding somebody else to the mix. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. I know uh, you know that James Cook was sharing last year with Devin Singletary. This year, Damian Harris is now in the house. I don't think it really is going to change how I view James Cook just because they brought in a bruiser who's probably going to be the guy around the goal line, right? Uh, James Cook's going to do a majority of the work between the 20s. He's a good PPR guy. He's a great um, you know, value right now for a zero RB target. He's going much later than a, a lot of running backs. Uh, Sean McDermott came out and said that he doesn't want Josh Allen running as much as he shouldn't. I mean, honestly, like last year he's ran, he ran a ton. And if they really want him to remain healthy, he can't run as much as he did. Uh, that's not necessarily saying that Josh Allen can't still be a goal line back for them, but I, I just don't think he's going to run as much, uh, you know, b- between the twenties. So James Cook, great offense, uh, you know, great co- uh, prospect coming out of college. I know the coaching staff really likes him. So I assume he's going to take another step forward his second year in this offense. And again, for me, it's just all about his ADP, where he's currently going. Um, I'm drafting a lot of them, and I, I really do expect them to use him definitely more than they did last year. Uh, I, I would assume he's probably going to bulk around 70% of the carries uh, unless they add somebody else. So I really hope they don't. But again, his ADP right now is so friendly. Yeah, absolutely. I love him as a, a late round PPR target. The only concern I have is, man, these Bills, they just keep loading up on weapons. They just keep adding receivers like crazy. Like, they added Jamison Crowder. What the hell are they doing having Jamison Crowder? It's crazy. Florio, what are your thoughts on uh, James Cook for this upcoming season? Do you think he can make it up into the like mid-RB2 space at the end of the year? Yeah, um, I. it's not really much of a secret, but I'm a Bills fan, and mm-hmm. uh I, I like James Cook. What he showed last year, I think, is very much for real. He was so explosive. People were like, Damian Harris is a negative for James Cook. And I was like, I think this is best case scenario because the yeah. Bills made it clear from day one, like they wanted to add a size back. And mm-hmm. when it, the other names out there that they that were rumored there were like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook and uh, Ezekiel Elliott or B. John Robinson. All of those guys would have took a ton of work away. Plus, one thing that... I've been saying a lot that I don't think it's uh, a lot of talking about is Sean McDermott more than any head coach. Maybe I'm biased as a Bills fan, but more than any head coach that I've ever seen talks about a rookie wall. And last season, they, they their first round pick, Kair Elam, despite them needing cornerback help all year, they really didn't let him go set him free until the last month of the season. And they did the same thing with James Cook. I think mm. they wanted these guys fresh for the playoffs. I don't think that'll be the approach they take with James Cook now. Year two, all systems go. I expect a lot more James Cook, so I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I've been bought into it. He was not someone that I was really into drafting, in the, even in the later rounds when I first started. You know, the underdog drafts post Super Bowl and whatnot. Uh, but Andrews has definitely convinced me. I'm a little bit more. Um, also convinced because of what you had just mentioned, Damian Harris, rather than Devin Singletary, because I felt Devin Singletary could, you know, fill a similar role. They were just kind of eating out of each other's, you know, hands uh, and opportunities, right? So I definitely like the Damian Harris fit. My, my only concern, like I was, like you guys have both mentioned, if they had somebody, if they had somebody in the draft, could you guys see maybe like Kareem Hunt going there? I've been getting Kareem Hunt vibes with uh, Buffalo recently. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I guess he could, but I mean, really, are him and James Cook that different? I mean, they both kind of have the same skill set. I, I don't really see why they would want to do that, per se. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he could, but I mean, I, I don't know. James Cook is just a younger 
Kareem Hunt in my eyes. Like they, they have the same skill set. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt might run a little harder, but James Cook's a little faster. So I, 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 mm. I don't know. I, I don't think it'd be a good fit for them. I, I could see it if he signs like a really cheap deal, but I don't see them investing much because they already have Naheem Hines there, who they did get a mm-hmm. cap restructure with. That's what I was going to ask you about too. He is coming back for sure. Yeah, they they, they lowered okay. his salary. He will be back. Gotcha. Today. Okay. Dean loves to take running backs in, on day three. So if they take another running back, I think it'll be okay. then. Especially because they're they're saving their assets to go out and get DeAndre Hopkins. I I, I wouldn't hate that at all. That wouldn't would hate be that at so all. fun to watch. <laughs> Him and Steph Diggs. I mean, <laughs> and them adding another receiver, like I said at this point, wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. And maybe that's just the, the feeling that I'm getting because they've added like Trent Sherfield. They added Jamison Crowder, uh, Deontay Hardy. Like I was just like, okay, yeah, I get it. These guys are rounding too. up. Yeah, they still have Khalil Shakir, Gabe Davis. Like I was like, okay, you're rounding out the roster here, but like, you know, don't we want to make a move? Like, don't we want one of these bigger <laughs> players? You know what I mean? Like, let's keep some space on the team, guys. Come on, come on. When when D Hop posted that Buffalo Soldier video, oh. I was like, I'm it. That's it. I'm convinced the the Bills are getting him. <laughs> Bob Miller needs to get uh get to working. I know he's a big recruiter <laughs> for them. He was trying to get to OBJ at one point. All right, I have a couple of names to close it down with. Uh, DJ Deontay Johnson, who Andrew had uh, kind of peeped there, just completely getting disrespected right now in ADP. He's coming off the boards in round six, seven, eight on underdog. Uh, he's wide receiver 39 on under, underdog. I have him up 19 spots, wide receiver 20. This is someone who has finished with 140 plus targets in three straight seasons. Last season, you know, kind of an anomaly, like, right? Like, just throw it out. He had zero touchdowns. First season that he hasn't scored a touchdown. You have Kenny Pickett, who is a rookie. I think he takes a step forward. I think the offense just in general takes a step forward. You have kind of a renewed offensive line after the Big Ben years. I could very well see them drafting another receiver uh, to wide receiver U, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I could see them going after a Quinton Johnston to kind of replace that Chase Claypool role that they lost to my Bears. Uh, I could see them doing a lot of different things that'll just you know, propel the offense and give us more confidence about DJ. Right now, it should be absolute wheels up at, at his ADP, but I have to imagine he's going to climb up to rounds four or five at some point. Like, there has to be a little bit of give back here. Any disagreement? No, uh, I, 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 um, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe when I saw the the receivers that he was going after. Like even my guy Kadarius Tony, I was like, that's a little surprising. Traylon Burks, I don't get at all. Uh, Marquise yeah. Brown is another one I don't really get at all. And him and George Pickens going so close, I think are going to be a really interesting case study because George Pickens was highly productive when he was targeted, but he didn't earn a large target share. And it was the exact opposite with Deontay Johnson. He earned double-digit targets almost every week but didn't do a whole lot with them so I I think the battle with I really do like the talent that is George Pickens but I still would even say like I don't understand why Deontay Johnson's going behind him yeah I mean obviously Justin you know my love for Deontay Johnson I mean he's he he just gives me the the Miles Sanders vibe from from two years ago right Miles Sanders no touchdowns and then what you know look at what he did last year right like Deontay Johnson could do the same thing. And, you know, I, I hear these arguments all the time for George Pickens, which I, I think people, when they like George Pickens, they feel like they can't like Deontay Johnson and vice versa. Like, both of these things can be true. Both of those mm-hmm. wide receivers can be good, especially if they don't add anybody. Kenny Pickett needs to take a step forward a little bit here. Uh, you know, obviously, his, his passing numbers last year were subpar, you know, uh, but I, I do think that he'll take a little bit of a step forward here. But, I mean, how, how can you pick 
Pickens over Johnson with just sheer target volume, right? Unless that completely flip-flops, I, I'll take Deontay Johnson over Pickens any day of the week. Um, but but I do still think they can both be productive. So I don't think you have to like one or the other. Oh, absolutely. And li like you said, his role is just lock, stock in that offense. Like, he is going to be that target hog. I like Fryermuth. I like Pickens. And again, even if they add somebody, like even a top receiver, I still feel like DJ is just going to be that guy in their offense. He, you know, is really confirmed into, into that role as being just that high uh, target slot usage type of receiver. All right, my last guy up here kind of fits into your last uh, take two, Florio. You had said top eight QB. I have Trevor Lawrence on the list. He's actually my number six. I have him you know, pretty high, I think, in comparison to the public. Uh, that offense is going to be fantastic. You're bringing in Calvin Ridley from last year's uh, deadline trade. They, they brought him in to pair with Christian Kirk. They brought in Zay Jones last year. He was successful. They're bringing back Evan Ingram on the franchise tag. An underrated move, but I really like the pickup that they made of Dearness Johnson as well. I think that he can be kind of an all-around secondary back to uh, Travis Etienne and Andrew and I have discussed about them also adding even another running back in the draft. I feel that Lawrence is going to have all the weapons in his toolbox that he's going to need to really go on the attack this season. I mean, talk about a complete turnaround from year one to year two. I think it was 13 touchdowns, 17 interceptions to 25 and eight in the positive direction this past year. So he's just going to have all the weapons and that division too is wide open. You know, the Colts, Houston Titans all struggling after last year. The Jags look like the heir apparent to move forward in, uh, in that AFC South. So a lot of good things to like about Trevor Lawrence and the team that's been built around him. Uh, is QB6 a little too rich, guys? I took him as the seventh quarterback in the best ball draft. So, no, I don't. He's in my top eight. Like, uh, top eight go. quarterbacks, it, it involves Trevor Lawrence. And I'm, I like Trevor Lawrence as a rookie. And then I said I'm going to give him a pass last year when a lot of people didn't want to be in on him. And it, it took a little bit to get going. but. Everything you said about the weapons, plus you add in the fact that I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does with his legs and the points he can give you there. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very much so in on Trevor Lawrence. 100%. I mean, I, I literally agree with everything he just said. Uh, it just Trevor Lawrence is a, is a great prospect coming out of college. Uh, obviously, he ran into the Ur, you know the Urban Meyer brick wall, right? Like we, happens. You you can't hold that against him. Urban Meyer was just terrible. Uh, Dougie P. On the other hand, not terrible. Uh, knows what to do with a quarterback. And I mean, obviously you see all the weapons around him. I mean, last year, you know, people kept forgetting that Calvin Ridley was on this team. And I'm just, I was just banging the wall for Trevor Lawrence with, uh, you know, especially with Calvin Ridley coming back and, and what they already had in Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. And I think we really saw it at the end of the year, what this offense can be. And I mean, you know, if you watched any of the any of the playoffs and saw what they did to the Chargers, I mean, it's just, it's so exciting. And I think Trevor Lawrence, honestly, I, I think he could, potentially creep into the top five at the end of the year uh, if things break right for them. So, yeah, I mean, uh, top eight, top six, whatever you want to do. I mean, all, all that is fine by me. He's a great quarterback, great prospect, and uh, he has a great team around him. Yeah, if things go well for the Jaguars, I think uh, I put I wrote MVP question mark. I feel like he could be in that conversation. It's not a He's bad bet. Get some votes next year. Oh yeah, absolutely for our for our uh, for our Dgens for sure. That that's definitely something that we should be looking at here in the uh, in the coming months. Uh, just has that 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 throw ability. He has all the weapons around him. We saw the turnaround. So if you had your concerns, you really shouldn't be that concerned anymore. So everything is pointing in a very good direction for the Jaguars, especially their quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Uh, been a great episode, Michael. Thank you for coming on, Andrew. I know you had a few questions you wanted to go through before we head out. Just some oh, maybe yeah. some key things that our uh, our fans might be able to take from uh, from Florio. 
Yeah, just a few quick hitting questions here for you. So uh, in the first round, if somebody were to ask you who should they not draft in the first three rounds, who's the name that comes to mind? Uh, right now, I'm off of Aaron Jones, um, but he goes. He, his ADP is lower. He's than a little I later than that. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, we hate running backs. That's a good question. I'm going to pull up the ADP. I should have I had it pulled up already, like a professional. But um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, this is okay. This is a little bit harder than I. Uh, Nick Chubb. I'm not in on Nick Chubb really. Um, okay. Like, I, there's much running backs I'd rather later than him. Debo Samuel, I know he goes a little bit outside the top three rounds. but I got I'm tore little, up mm-hmm. for mentioning him last year as somebody I did not want to draft, uh, you know, early in in, uh, in best ball. And, you know, people, like, tore me up for that. They're like, he's awesome. Like, it, it, so it's, it's just funny to, to listen to some of the people talk about, uh, you know, when you tell them, like, don't draft this guy, they, like, just jump down your throat. Oh, I'm also very much so likely not drafting Derrick Henry. Um, oh. I, I've always been the low Derrick Henry guy um because of his lack of pass game usage and that changed but i am i am very scared that the titans are not just going to be like bad like they might be worst team in football bad i think because they they got rid of all of their talent outside of really mm-hmm. derrick henry um they're clearly looking for next season i think and um I think there's a chance that we could see Malik Willis for a good portion of games this season because Ryan Tannehill's Ooh. getting up there in age. Uh, he he's his days in Tennessee are numbered, and then I think they could be like, "Hey, we want to see what we have in this kid." And if Malik Willis plays as poorly as he did last year, it helps their chances of getting the number one pick. So uh, I, I see a lot of concern with Derrick Henry given the age, all the wear and tear on there. The fact that even on a good year with him catching passes is not that high. To me, there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of warning signs here, I, and I'm the kind of player where I'd rather be a year early being off of a guy than a year late. It's why, like seven years in a row, I didn't draft Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't always work <laughs> out. But I'd rather be wrong right. and get someone similar than be right and have that guy on my team. Yep. Uh, so, who's your favorite late round running back to target currently? Like, I would say late rounds, probably like after round seven, eight, somewhere in there. Okay, so there's there's a, a good amount right now. Like Rashad Penny is is one of my favorite running back targets in general. Um, and, and getting a little bit deeper than that, I, I think as much as I love Khalil Herbert, I think Deontay uh, Deontay Foreman, like thirty five picks later, is, is a really good value there as well. Uh, James Cook, I know you mentioned, uh, I that, that's in the range right after yep. like the top eight rounds. Tyler Algier, I know he's in that range. I really like Tyler Algier. I think he can he could take a big step forward. Um, and then after that, it it gets interesting. But this the the, the Commanders guys, like you said, I think this is going to be a year. Mm-hmm. And and we kind of talked about it with uh, the ADPs when we were talking about receivers in the early rounds. I think this is going to be a season where like you're going to be able to find so much running back value in the middle to late rounds. I think right now it's very unknown because of the draft still up in the air and some free agency free agents still have to sign. And we're still worried if players can get cut and stuff, but if it stays similar to how it is right now, I think there's going to be more middle to late round value and more value off of the waiver wire than ever before. So I'm just going to be loading up on receivers early. Nice. Agreed. <laughs> uh, so based on ADP and take Jamison Williams out of this, cause I know you love him. Uh, which second uh, year wide receiver do you think can make the biggest step forward? So, you, you know, which guy would you want to draft based off their ADP that you think can take the biggest step forward? 
I want to say Garrett Wilson, but man, you like everyone Rich. is already expecting him to do so. I, I, but the thing is, when I looked and when uh, I saw people saying like Garrett Wilson top ten fantasy wide receiver, I was like, no, I, I don't think so. That's too high. And then I was looking at the receivers who go after him, and I'm like, yeah, I'd rather Garrett Wilson than than Jalen Waddle right now, or or Devonta <laughs> Smith, or T Higgins, or Chris Olave, or D. So like. I was like, yeah, no, I, I fully think this is where Garrett Wilson belongs. So as of right now, I, I would go with him. It would have been Christian Watson had this Aaron Rodgers. I know it hasn't happened yet, but this trade, if it wasn't going to happen, uh, it would have been Christian Watson because I think he is supremely talented. But right now, I feel like you're still paying close to to where I expected his ADP to be. I thought with, with Rodgers, he'd be a top 20 wide receiver, and he's going 23rd. Uh, with Jordan Love, which comes with so many more question marks that I've actually completely turned around on Christian Watson and I'm like, I'll let someone else draft him instead. Yeah, no, I I agree as well. I, I wrote about him last year before the season about how, uh, you know, prolific of a player he could be uh, with the Packers. So I'm I'm with you 100% there. Uh, last question I have for you really quick, uh, and this is just a general fantasy tip. Uh, you know, what's the best tip when somebody comes up to you because, you know, it, and, and this isn't for the sickos like us who are literally studying fantasy day in, day out, every single day of the year. But for your average fantasy manager, what is like the best tip that, that you give them? A lot of the times I have to tell people that what you see on the field doesn't always translate into fantasy. And like people will be like, well, I need a quarterback because it's the most important position. And I'm like, no, not in fantasy. It's not. And uh, like I want Patrick Mahomes because he's the best. And I'm like. Yeah, I, I would rather have other quarterbacks over him, but like, uh, I so to me, the biggest example is knowing that like fantasy is different than real life. And, and a lot of the times, people will come up to me and be like, Look at my team, I took this quarterback in round one, and then this, you know, like, and you're like, Oh, why did this team is terrible? And I always have to try to tell people, like, it's very different than real life, and it, it's not. I think what a lot of people want it to be is I watch football, I know football, it'll and it's like no, it's its own entity and and the more you can lean into that and accept that and kind of build your strategy and learn the nuances of fantasy, that obviously the better and better player you're going to be. Yep. It's a beast of his own and we have to slay the beast. Also, pass catching running backs greater than run running run, running backs. <laughs> run run running backs. I like that. I like that. <sighs> All right, very good. That was a great show. Michael, again, appreciate you coming on. Andrew, good as always. We're going to head out. Uh, Michael, let them know where they can follow you on Twitter and anything that you're working on uh, that folks should know about coming up. At Michael F. Florio uh, on Twitter. It's the best place to kind of get everything all in one. Uh, NFL Network, uh, going to be doing a lot. Me and Marcus Grant are going to be doing a lot of draft stuff in, in throughout April. Uh, the nice. podcast, uh, stuff like that. And then rotorballer.com. I do a show on sat, uh, Sundays with Scott uh, Engel, SiriusXM. And I also just launched my own solo podcast for them called Florio's Football Show. Uh, it's out oh, on Spotify. I believe it's up on Apple, uh, on iTunes, but Apple Podcasts is, is giving us a little bit of a hard time getting it up there. But everywhere you get your podcast, please like, subscribe. Uh, that Of everything I said, if you can do listen to one thing today, please like or subscribe to my podcast. Uh, I would I would really appreciate that. Done. Definitely, definitely. We got you. <laughs> yeah. Funny story you, really guys. quick because, you know, I've 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 now met you, you know, via virtually, but you know, because I'm a big FNTSY guy, you know, you know, every now and again when I get around the community, you know, I, you know, try to meet meet some folks. I met Corey at uh, at Canton a few oh, years back, Corey best. Parson. 
Corey's awesome. Had a great conversation with him. Um, I met Scott Engel in an elevator. And the way it happened was <laughs> he goes, he tells another guy like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Seahawks fan who lives in New York. And I went and I looked at him because I was already was like, in my head, I'm like, is that Scott Engel? Pretty sure that's Scott Engel. And then he said that. And I was like, so you're Scott Engel, right? And he's like, yeah, or Engel. In- in- <laughs> saying his name wrong. Got hockey on the brain. Uh, Scott Engel. And he's like, oh, yeah. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Shake his hand. He's like, you want to come down? Ronis is uh, here too. We can, uh, we can have a drink or something like that. I was like, I'm actually going to bed right now. I really appreciate that. But it was just <laughs> awesome to like meet you and shake your hand because like I love everything that you do and I've been following you for like I don't know how long. So funny little anecdote there. You might be the first person who I've heard not be able to hang with Scott. Not hang with him? <laughs> yeah. Like Scott is always the one. Of, uh, and when I used to live in New York and stuff and we'd get together, he's always the one leaving early or oh. I need to get to sleep or something like that. So it was it was late at night. I was like going up to bed or whatever, and I was just like, pretty sure this is Scott Engel. Engel I'm walking into an elevator with, you know, like I'm I'm pretty sure this is him, and I'm not gonna like say anything like, hey man, by the way, I'm a big fan of your work, you know, so I have some shoulders here in this small space. <laughs> but he was started talking to the other guy, and I just I couldn't help myself. I was like, I'm pretty sure you're Scott Engel, man. Like that's you. Oh yeah. It, <laughs> within ten minutes, you're gonna get at least one Seahawk reference in any conversation with Scott. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, you got, you guys were fantastic. Like I said, been following you for a while. So keep up the good work. Uh, Andrew, anything to share before we head out? No, uh, again, we just appreciate you coming on. Uh, it, you know, this is huge for us. And, uh, when Justin told me that, that you were going to be coming on, like, I was like, uh, like from the NFL network, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, are, are you sure you're not like being like punked or anything? He's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, all right. They're like, that's pretty cool, man. So, you know, again, we, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, no, we, we appreciate you, you getting getting back with us uh, so quick too. You know, we've we've tried to reach out to uh, AJ Dillon's OnlyFans, and he just he won't respond. So I don't know what it is? <laughs> Does he really have one? <laughs> no, he has. Oh, I was like, man, it was it was it was a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, man, players are really trying to find ways to make money nowadays. Oh, man, it's their publicist, man. Like those <laughs> people don't sleep. Uh, I, oh no! Oh no! He, he he also got me, so don't don't feel bad. He sent me the same thing. He's like, "Hey, I sent AJ Dillon eleven dollars on his OnlyFans." I'm like, "Dude, if he sends you like a DM, like don't open that picture." I'm like, "You you don't know." What that is. <laughs> He's like, "No, man." He's like, "I'm kidding." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." I'm like, "Well, I, I didn't know that." I was like, "I never heard of a player having one." I know they do like Twitch and all this other stuff. I was like, "He's, uh, I guess, a pioneer in some regards." Well, I mean, yeah. If you go to his website, he's got like all sorts of like quad oriented merch. So you can get like the quadzilla hats and like super short shorts and all that stuff. I'm, just, I'm not at that level. I'll give you 11 that's, bucks if you want to respond to me. But That's what it would be. It would be quad pictures. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Quadzilla. <laughs> quadzilla. All right. We're going to head out. Great show again. Appreciate you coming by, Michael. Take care. Be well. Be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.